Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Welcome to NYC Now, your source for local news in and around New York City from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. Greenwich Generation, a Bitcoin mining facility inside of Finger Lakes power plant, continues to operate more than a year after it lost an environmental permit for violating the state's climate law. Environmental groups and local residents worry the ongoing appeals process could drag on for years. Yvonne Taylor is one of the founders of the group Seneca Lake Guardian. Greenwich has the ability under the law to take many bites of the apple uh, during the appeals process and just continue to drag it out. A state-appointed judge has been reviewing the company's appeal request since late last year, but there's no deadline for a decision. The facility produces several hundred thousand tons of carbon dioxide each year. In Queens, Democrat Sam Berger claimed victory Tuesday in the race for a vacant assembly seat. According to data from the Board of Elections, Berger earned more than 55 percent of the vote in central Queens' District 27. The area includes neighborhoods of Kew Gardens Hills, Pomona, College Point, and Whitestone. Berger beat out Republican candidate David Hirsch, who earned about 44 percent of the vote. Stay close. There's more after the break. On Radio Lab. First, we thought we made some sort of mistake. Two surprisingly simple scientific discoveries. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, we were just so surprised. That makes us reconsider our assumptions about progress. We need to learn the language of the doctors of that time. We need to be a little bit less dismissive. Staff retreat from Radio Lab. I learned a bit of humility this way. Listen wherever you get podcasts. For more than two decades, WNYC's Radio Rookies program has put microphones in the hands of young New Yorkers, asking them to report on their own lives and communities. So for the next few days, we'll introduce you to our latest cohorts. First up, 16-year-old Christina Aja, who worries about changes in her South Bronx neighborhood. As new buildings and some chain restaurants pop up, Christina says gentrification has left her and her friends feeling less stable and disconnected to their community. If there were one word to describe my neighborhood, it would be loud. There's always a party going on. You can hear them from down the block. And sometimes the ground shakes as cars drive by, blasting music. Kids laugh and play in fire hydrants, and people lean out their windows to talk to each other. Men sit outside the bodega playing dominoes. They crowd around a small table, and they're always yelling at each other. I love how everyone shares their culture here. Even my dad, who's from Togo in West Africa, greets people in Spanish, using a few words he picked up from the Dominican neighbors. All my friends here feel the same way. There's a bunch of Mexicans, Dominicans. Everybody's like dapping each other up, saying hi to each other on the streets. That's my friend Diane. I met up with her and our friends Melanie and Bernie to interview them about our neighborhood. So like the question we were on is like, if there's one thing you wish stayed the same forever in this neighborhood, like what would it be? 
It would definitely be community. I feel like, yeah, there is some like rough parts to this community, but it's always fun, like especially in the summer, like everyone's having barbecues, everyone's outside. You see how I live in front of a park? There's a bunch of Dominicans, and they yeah. one time they brought a whole DJ to the park. <laughs> they brought a whole DJ. We have our own culture in the South Bronx, which makes sense. We literally invented hip-hop. And we survived all those burning buildings decades ago. And I think that's what really like separates us from the rest of the boroughs, and like it makes us unique. So, yeah, I hate how people be like hating on the Bronx, but it's like you're from Brooklyn. Don't speak. Oh my gosh. Like, I w- Clearly, we all think our borough is the best. Please do not play. Like, please. But lately, things are starting to look less familiar. I feel like the neighborhood just changing, as in like the buildings, them tearing down like the old buildings, the old crusty buildings, and putting up new buildings. Like everything is just suddenly changing. They're modernizing everything, like trying to make the Bronx a better place. But it's like it's losing its actual, like I guess, charm, charm and its culture. Like whitening. Like they're making it. They're whitewashing it. The new apartment buildings look dull and gray. And yes, they look clean and polished, but they still look out of place. And then there are the chain restaurants. They're going up next to all the small businesses that have been here forever. I've always loved the small businesses. The candy shop, the bakery with the really good bacon, egg, and cheese, and the spot where I used to get my hair braided. I don't know if you guys have been through 170 recently, but all the small businesses that were there before are gone. Now it's just some like random buildings. I just miss those um, family businesses. Like we don't need to change for some big corporations. And there's a Chipotle there now. I'd be going to the Chipotle because, okay, let me explain myself. Let me explain myself okay. before y'all okay. attack me. Okay, okay, okay. <sighs> That's the only Chipotle near here. So I, I low-key feel guilty for giving my money to these big corporations. It's just that sometimes I want to enjoy the new things too. And even if I stop paying $14 for a chicken burrito bowl, it's not going to stop my neighborhood from changing. The countdown to gentrification has already started. We know how this goes. New buildings go up, a Starbucks opens, and then the rent starts going up. That's the part I'm really worried about, displacement. When people who've lived somewhere their whole lives have to move out because new people with more money want to move in. I know the word gentrification is overused, and it means different things to different people. So I asked my friends what the word gentrification means to them. It just mostly means that people don't care about us, and they only see, like, the money that they can get out of all of these renovations. Like, big companies trying to take over. It's just, like, ruining what's already been established for years. So I agree. I think gentrification for me means, like, people making money and profiting. They see the Bronx as, like, kind of a opportunity for them, in a sense. Like, a way to make more money. Capitalism, guys. Not okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like... Gentrification is another system that benefits white people, uh, privileged white people specifically. Yeah. When I looked up the median rent for an apartment in my neighborhood, I was shocked. It's $2,195 a month. To pay that much and live comfortably, you would have to make about $85,000 a year. But a lot of people here only make around $34,000 a year. I used to think my family was financially stable. We had enough to get by in our neighborhood. But now, I'm worried that we're not going to have a stable home for much longer. I wonder what the future of my neighborhood might look like and what that will mean for me. I know a lot of Brooklyn has already gone through this, so I called up my friends who live there. I wanted to find out what it feels like when your neighborhood is changed forever. It's disheartening. It's disrespectful. That's my friend Samari. She told me about some of the ways Flatbush has changed. 
before it was like thriving businesses and like small businesses, all PLC owned. And now there's just a huge building, apartment building. And it's like, it disrupts the environment and the culture of the community because now those people who were there have to move. It's disrespectful to those businesses who had to move. It's disrespectful for the people who lived there for years who have to move. When Samari said it felt disrespectful, that was the exact word I had been looking for. It feels like these new buildings and improvements are not meant for us. They're for the people developers hope they can attract and profit off of. My other friend, Tandy, lives in Bed-Stuy. He said that when he was a kid, all the store owners used to know him. And now there's less and less of that. And it feels less like my neighborhood and more like a neighborhood. He told me that these new people who've moved in make him feel like an outsider in his own home. The building across from me, I've seen like so many people move out and so many white people move into that building. And it feels more uncomfortable because I feel like even just walking down the street, I just feel the way I, I'm judged is like different. Like I feel like I am judged a little bit. That's another fear of mine, being judged by newcomers. I think I would feel the need to conform to match the changing neighborhood. I wouldn't want to be considered ghetto by new residents. So to take the spotlight off me, I would have to act more like them. Seeing my neighborhood start to change has made me realize that our homes are also part of our identities. This neighborhood has made me who I am, and it's the one constant in my life. As teenagers, we already have so much to deal with. We're being pressured by everything, we're being swayed by everything, and gentrification makes it even harder to feel comfortable and safe. We need to know we have a place we can come back to every day. A place where people know us and accept us. A place where we feel seen and welcomed. A place that can remind us of who we are. That's Radio Rookies reporter Christina Aja. Radio Rookies is supported in part by the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Epstein Teicher Philanthropies, the Margaret Newbart Foundation, and the Pinkerton Foundation. Tomorrow, we'll hear from another young cohort who shares her story of growing up ashamed of her Tibetan culture. Thanks for listening to NYC Now from WNYC. I'm Janae Pierre. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.